Welcome to the Dealers Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly, and today we get to talk about the customer experience. We're talking through chapter four in the book, From the Upper Hand to the Giving Hand, and I'm coming off of a great experience at the 2018 NADA convention. And let me tell you, vendors and marketers and solution providers around the customer experience are well, I don't know if they're thriving, but um, they're certainly fishing. Uh, they're alive and well. There's a ton of attention on there. And why is that? I say it weird in the intro video, Amazon. Some people have been like, why do you say it that way? It's weird. I just said it to get attention and say like, hey, this is important. And apparently that works, even if people think it's weird. And that really is the truth of it. At the NADA show, I wore, I had some shirts made up. And I wore them every day of the convention. Note, if you saw me there, I did have different shirts. I'm not nasty like that. So they say, because Amazon, period. Because Amazon, period. Why do I want to do this? Why do consumer trends, why are they changing? Why do people want a different experience online? Why? Because Amazon. It's the answer to a lot of questions that have come up. And it's not that Amazon is selling cars yet, because they're not. They will be, but they're not. But basically, the consumer experience is forever changed because they've conditioned and continue to condition us to do a few things primarily. Number one, to have a frictionless experience. They're trying to remove every barrier in between me and the things that I want to buy. Um, they do that by giving me fixed pricing. I know the price is what it's going to be. I know what it says. I know when it will be delivered. Um, I have a lot of trust. I've built that up over many years and sometimes in $10 transactions. And although there's a lot difference, big difference between buying a $30,000 vehicle and a $10 hat online. However, when I've bought a thousand $10 items over the last years, it's really easy to start trusting the company that offers them. Some other things, reviews. I can trust that I can review a product, honestly, that I can read other people like me, read their honest reviews of a product, one through five stars, that I can hear what they said, what they liked, what they didn't like. I also can read and trust what they say about a vendor and the person that provided that good or service to me. So basically, the chapter in Dale's book, From the Upper Hand to Giving Hand, he talks about how Dealers used to have the upper hand. They had all the information about a car deal. The customer had none. The dealership had everything. So all the leverage was stacked to the side of the dealer. Now with the internet and technology, now the consumer has an insane amount of information. Sometimes they know more about the vehicle and the market pricing and all this and what other people are charging than the dealer does. So now that's really shifted and the customer has all the information. However, there's an interesting thing that has happened. The customer who now has all the information still believes that the dealer has some leverage and information that they don't have. Whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. Perception is reality, and that is the perception. So that has really created this interesting, um, maybe if not contentious, it definitely adds friction to the sales process because everyone thinks the other person is going to kind of get one over on them. So Dale says he thought long and hard about the fact that pricing like online pricing and giving your best price at the very beginning of the deal when it's counterintuitive to the way things used to work where dealers would give a price and then they would kind of work back from there but now customers want less friction they don't want to negotiate they don't want to have to play the game between dealers 
So really that old method of pricing it up and then working it back runs counterintuitive, Dale says, to every bit of evidence and every online retailing trend that has emerged in recent years. Had a great conversation with a good friend of mine, Lou Brego, the director of Driver's Village, and we were talking about this very concept. Now we know that they visit less than two dealerships, which means they were visiting one point something. So a lot of times it's the first dealership where they buy the car, and that is really indicative of they've done a lot of their shopping online already. Back in the day, people would show up at the lot and they would, you know, just browse what you had in inventory. And chances are, even if you didn't have something that was a great fit, you would find the best fit that you had. Now with the internet, people are online instead of spending, you know, six, seven, eight hours at a dealership visiting a couple of dealerships. Now they're starting to spend hours online. And that obviously has grown from two to three to four. And now an interesting thing has happened because now they're spending an average of 14 hours online. And everybody's giving each other high fives and saying, hey, look how good we're doing. We're, people are spending 14 hours online. And I would argue that in any other industry, if the hours continually go up in which the customer has to shop for something, I think what that means is that it's not as clear and they're having to work harder to figure out what it is that they want to buy. So I don't know if there should be so many high fives because now customers are spending 14 hours online because what's going to happen is the companies that see this and like they're going to make it better and it's going to become 10 hours and then 8 hours because they're going to make the process smoother and better. So I don't know that we should be giving so many high fives. Uh, probably in any other industry, if we hired an agency to better our customer experience and the hours went from 5 to 10 to 14 hours, uh, they'd probably be fired. So just an observation regarding that customer experience online, I think we need to be very careful as an industry uh, what we high five about. And I think the better we get, that the lower those hours are going to be because the customers want the best offer upfront. They want the dealer to give them the information. So that's when Dale talks about from the upper hand to the giving hand. So the upper hand is having the information. The giving hand, however, is giving customers like truly make the first offer. That's what customers want. They want to see pricing. They want to see payments, you know, before the dealer starts mining all this information from them. Like, what is your credit score? Give me your social security number. Let me do a credit pool. Let me do this. Let me, let me look at your trade. They're saying that customers now want the first offer right out of the gate, right? One of the reasons I'm saying that there's 14 hours online is because some of that time is spent, you know, trying to get the best offer and trying to work out and see what that price is and build trust. And when that happens, like, let's be honest, we live in a convenience economy. So when we're taking up a consumer's time, like we're losing, we might think that we're winning or we're keeping them online for or keeping them in our ecosystem, but make no mistake, as that clock is ticking, we are losing, not maybe not even as an individual dealership, but we're losing as an industry. And if we, the dealer network, people around the industry don't fix that problem and don't work to target that and fix it, guess what? Somebody's going to fix it. Carvana's going to fix it. Amazon's going to fix it. Like that, that is not ours to own. That is the best solution wins. So, you know, Dale, as so he talks about this, this principle and giving customers the, the first offer, having the giving hand. I love the fact that, you know, he talks in the book about dealerships who start doing this and, hey, I'm going to give you the best price before I really know what your credit score is, or you can tell me what you're comfortable telling me, or I'm just going to start giving you like fixed price and, and things like that. And the interesting thing is, is that trust goes both ways. 
So as you start to trust the customer with that information, they're actually like more honest about their credit scores. They're telling the truth about what they can really afford, right? You know, the old saying, buyers are liars. Well, you know, when you give them, you have the giving hand, it's like that actually starts to change and they tell you what they actually can afford and what their actual budget usually is. You know how it is. They'll come in, what's your budget? 300 a month. That's it. That's all I have. And then you show them cars that they can afford at 300 a month and you can't come together on a number and then they'll go next door and they'll buy a car and they'll end up paying like 475 a month. Well, they like the car better. Yeah, because it's 60% more car than you showed them because they said they couldn't afford it. So all that. So Dale kind of backs into the communication. He says, communicate, know where the customers left off online so you don't waste their time when they're in the store. He talks about automating your processes as much as you can. He targets, Dale targets F&I purchase transactions. Um, you know, he says, the more you can automate that, the more you save their time. So really the bottom line of the whole episode or the whole chapter is get that perspective move from the upper hand to the giving hand the customer experience is super important how people interact with your brand is super important amazon is conditioning buyers to expect a certain thing and for dealers to have the giving hand out of the gate he sees that as a domino effect where they become more honest and you get better reviews and they have a better overall experience because you're saving them time you're thinking about what's important to them so that is the gist. We hope you like this episode. It was a lot of fun to make. And as usual, if we can do anything to help you, we are ready, willing. We'll see if we're able, but we're ready and willing to try to help. So we hope you enjoy the episode. We hope you pay attention to the customer experience because it's not changing. It's not going back, I guess I should say. It's going to continue to evolve. It's going to continue to move towards a more friction-free customer-friendly convenience economy transaction. Dealers have lost the upper hand. With today's extreme transparency, car buyers have more information than ever before, and they aren't shy about using it. Dale makes it clear that dealers must embrace this new retail reality and give car buyers what they want a transparent and hassle-free buying experience if they want to thrive. I have three words to help make the point. Amazon. Dale points out that with a few clicks, you can find anything you want at the price you expected to pay. You can see what others rated the product and the experience with the seller. The retailers who will win in the future are those who can meet or exceed the new preferences and expectations of the consumer. The gauntlet has been laid and there is no way out but forward. The research tells us, buyers now visit less than two dealerships before they make a purchase. The vast majority want to spend less time in the dealership and more than half begin working the deal online. About half want to remain anonymous. Trust and responsiveness trump price. Most say they would buy again from a dealer that provided an enjoyable experience, and a majority of buyers still want to negotiate the purchase. In summary, today's buyers want minimal friction and maximum transparency. Dale gives three steps to extend a giving hand to your customers. First, give customers more information while requiring less to get it. Research shows that increasing interaction on the VDP reduces bailout rates and increases trust. Customers also tend to be more honest on credit scores and trade-in conditions when they're in ease. Trust goes both ways. Step two, 
Dale encourages dealers to make every interaction about making it easier to buy the car, not getting them in the door. Have the answers ready and value their time. Finally, automate what you can, especially F&I transactions. This saves them time and actually makes dealers more efficient. Everybody wins. In chapter five, Dale paints a not too distant customer experience in a franchise dealership, somewhere in America, a little before 10 a.m. A vehicle drives into the dealership lot and parks at the door. A man enters the showroom and a sales associate approaches. Good morning, Bill. I'm Sam, the guy who's been working with you on your new car purchase. Did you see it outside? Uh, no, I didn't see it, but I'm just curious. How did you know it was me? Well, I saw your picture online. And we do have a technology here that sends me a message when my customers arrive, something to make your life easier. Uh, if I could have your keys, I'll give them to my colleague Chris and he'll evaluate the trade. Yeah, here are the keys. It's interesting about the technology. Is there an app like that for parents? Yeah, well, you do have the geo-tracking app that you selected online. We'll talk about that in a second. Why don't you have a seat here? Could I get you some coffee, cream, sugar? Uh, yeah, please, black is fine. Okay, Bill. Now I promised we'd have you out of here in 45 minutes with your new vehicle, so let's review everything we did online, okay? Okay. Am I still getting 5,000 for my trade and the new car for 43,780? It'll be up to Chris to verify the trade and offer. That's really the only variable since he has to physically examine the car. It should be done in a few minutes. Everything else is exactly as we agreed. Purchase price is 43,780, a $2,000 down payment. Finance for five years, which is $481 a month at a 5% interest rate. The platinum service package you requested, which includes lifetime oil changes and the free washes. And finally, that geo-tracking technology. It's all here in the iPad. Why don't you take a few minutes to review it, and I'll text Chris to find out the status of your vehicle. This all looks good to me. I just heard back from Chris and uh, he said everything checks out except for the tires. They're a little more worn than we thought they would be so he has to adjust the offer to 4,600. Uh, if you want to come outside with me, I'll be able to show you what we found. Nah, no need. I wasn't too sure about saying the tires were in good condition. 4,600's fine. Let me adjust the trade allowance here. Should we add the difference of the tires to your down payment or include it as part of the loan? Let's add it to the down payment. Okay, this will just take a moment. Okay, you'll see here's where I updated the deal terms. See, there's the new trade allowance of 4,600 and the down payment is now 2,400. Everything else is exactly the same. Does that look okay? Looks good to me. Great. Well, it is 1020, now the fun part. How about we go outside and check out the car, make sure everything's okay, then we'll come back in and sign the paperwork. Wow, you really are gonna have me out of here in 45 minutes. I told you, Bill, we're straight shooters here. When you said I wanna be out in 45 minutes, I told you that's what we were going to do. Let's go soak up some new car smell. Let's do it, and I was only kidding about the 45 minutes. It's just that this is so different than my last experience buying a car. It's, it's actually kind of fun. Dale asks, does this scenario strike you as a bit far-fetched? It shouldn't. This is the exact scenario most large dealership groups are working toward. The faster, more transparent experience customers desire. Sure, there's been plenty of pushback. There's a lot of legacy invested in the old way, but online buying, one price selling, and streamlined interaction will be the new way. 
Dale cites groups like AutoNation and Sonic ever expanding their efforts in this area, calling them essential steps in their reinvention. Over time, Dale believes holding on to the old way will be an increasing barrier to dealers' future success. So where do you stand in this reinvention? And what is your next step? So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Your attention is the biggest compliment you could give. There are several other ways that we hope um, we can help and you can connect with us and the community that are trying to make the dealership industry better. You can go, first of all, you can subscribe to this podcast. It'll be delivered once a week. We try to keep it short and sweet so you can enjoy it on a commute or on a break or the dealers take breaks. I don't know. But either way, we hope you would do that. Also, if you go to dealerscompressed.com, we also have the video content that complements, or this audio complements that video content. We've put a lot of time, energy, and money into making it entertaining. There are visuals, there are illustrations, animations. So we hope that you will go to it. It'd be a huge compliment if you shared it with uh, those who you work with in the dealership, other salespeople, other managers, GMs, owners. Um, just people in the industry that are producing good content or want to make it better. In the end, buy the book. Like I See It by Dale Pollack was kind of the inspiration that started this content series. You can get it, uh, there's a link on our site, dealerscompress.com. You can Google it, get it from Amazon. Whatever you do, buy the book, read the book. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So we hope you will join us next week for another episode. Please reach out if we can do anything to help. If you want to talk about the concepts further or if you have any ideas for new content, we're always willing to help and we are happy and glad and appreciative to be in the fight with you. This content was produced by Image Auto. I'm Paul J. Daly and I hope you have a great week.